confidence and self-esteem has nothing to do with how much money you're making. It has nothing to do with your success. I, what I think self-esteem and confidence has to do with is we constantly being stuck in our past. Mm-hmm. And the way I was able to get over it was by, first of all, picking up the courage to see parts of me that needed healing um, from my past experiences. I did not realize how much I was holding on to those experiences in a way that I wasn't forgiving the people involved in that. And the reason that was important for me to do was because in the process of understanding, um, in the process of um, acknowledging what I went through and my experiences that created a negative experience for me, Um, and forgiving the people involved in it, the main thing that I, which was like an epiphany for me, was that, yes, I'm mad at those people, whoever was there to create certain negative experiences for me, but I was more mad at myself because I realized that there were parts where, yes, I'm mad at my mom that she wasn't the right role model, female role model for me. Uh, because she was not confident. She got married when she was 16. And she was completely dependent on my dad. But in that process, I was more mad at myself for not making my mom's life any easier Mm -hmm. by always rebelling, by always questioning her, by always um, making her more upset. So I wasn't making her life any easy, right? So Mm -hmm. I realized that, wow, I'm mad at myself and it took me a really long time to forgive that part of me. Mm-hmm. And when I, what happened to me was when I went through that forgiveness, not just for, and I'm giving my mom's example, but there were so many other people in my life who I had to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I forgave myself, what happened was I truly, fully accepted myself. Hello and welcome everyone to Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I am your host, Roma Bajaj Kohli, and I am taking you on a journey within. My sole intention with this podcast is to help you dive deeper into identifying your authentic self, overcoming self-doubt, fears and limitations, and becoming in alignment with the best version of you. I bring in guests from diverse fields and backgrounds and we talk about self-growth, self-mastery, building meaningful relationships and doing work that feeds your soul. So welcome everyone to the Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. Today I have with me a very special friend and our guest to the podcast, her name is Arti Agarwal. She is a level two QHHT practitioner. She ha- is multi-talented. She mm-hmm. has amazing background in um, interiors, uh, mural work, and she has lived just like me in multiple cities and countries over the world. So I am so um, excited to dig into a conversation with Arti. So. Arti, let's start with a little bit. First of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Roma. And um, I would like to start a little bit about telling me about your journey in London. How did you get there? And you studied in information systems there. So how did you get into doing information systems? And then now you have such a creative (laughs) career. (laughs) Yes. First of all, thank you for having me here. Thank you very much. So your first question is actually, it it requires a really lengthy answer because Mm -hmm. a lot of my past life, not past life, but the past in this life, my past experiences have led me to going to London and choosing a career which I later realized is not meant for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back a little, just to give you a little backdrop, is um, I grew up in India. And um, I had a really big family. I had, we were like 22 people living in one house. Um, and this is 
40 years ago, but then if someone were to look at my life 40 years ago, they would think that they've traveled 200 years back because the environment was very patriarchal, very, very sort of, you know, conservative. And um, we're four siblings and I've always grown up in a family where women had a certain role. So the way, even though I did go to school, I was one of the lucky ones to go to school. And um, there were certain rules for my brother and other men in the house or uh, boy kids in the house versus uh, rules for us. Um, we did go to school, I went to a convent school, yet at the same time, talking in English in the house was forbidden because that was um, considered as being westernized. So there were, there were a lot of issues that I felt as a child growing up, um, I could not make sense of. And knowing my personality, now I have that clarity that I have always questioned this in my family as that child, I was considered as the most sort of, you know, um, rebellious kid because I would question everything. I would ask my mom, okay, um, why is it that my brother gets to have a bike and I don't? But there was no reason for that. It's just because he's the man, he's a male in the house, right? Um, no one paid attention to the grades for the girls in the house because girls were supposed to just get married when they're 16 and produce children and take care of um, the house later. So we grew up with a, a mental conditioning that we're not supposed to have a career. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to just get married and have our children. And that's what that is, right? So we were uh, taught how to cook well. That was the main um, education at home for me. Um, we weren't allowed to talk to boys, not even our cousins, because it was just not okay. Um, they did not want to encourage any kind of, you know, teenage hormonal attraction between uh, girls and boys. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, cliche around that um, topic. And I could not wrap my head around it. Um, and then eventually, I think when I was a teenager, there was this cable TV that came into our household and that's when we started watching some of the you know <laughs> it's silly but movies from um, Hollywood movies mm -hmm. right you watch those movies and I would look at it with a lot of curiosity um, I would especially look at women in those movies and the roles that they played right I would see that they're confident they are uh, highly educated some of them in the movies um, they could wear whatever they wanted. We weren't allowed to even show our legs. We weren't allowed to wear sleeveless. I remember I wanted to take um, swimming lessons and I wasn't allowed to do it because um, it was just not okay for a girl to wear clothes that would enhance her figure or show mm -hmm. skin, right? So I would see all of that in the movies and I would think that, okay, so this is a cultural difference that I'm going through. And then why is it that my culture does not allow me to be free. And I always craved for freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And I questioned that. I always, always, always questioned that. So I told myself when I was, I remember when I was, in, uh, when I was 16 years old, that there is no way I'm going to get married a year from now and produce children. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it. I knew somewhere in the middle from all the tags that I have been uh, given that um, I am creative, but I wasn't allowed to go to a art school. When I asked my mom if I could, you know, join fine arts or do something related to arts, my mom was told by her relatives that, well, if you're gonna send your daughter to an art school, then she's gonna turn into a lesbian. <laughs> so you can't do that, you know, protect her, save her. And I could not make sense of that. So I'm like, mom, like, what do you want me to do then? And mm -hmm. then there was this whole conversation about, you know, how there's no point even planning or trying to go to school because, you know, at the end of the day, I have to get married, have kids and take care of my family. So, you know, don't worry too much about it. Just, you know, do maybe like commerce or whatever that's available out there. 
until we find a match for myself. Not that I was going to find that. My parents were going to get that for me. So um, I knew that if I have to get out of my house and get to my freedom, there was no way I can do arts. But my heart was always in arts. Um, the only way my parents would ever allow me to do what I wanted to, or for, at that time, all I wanted was get the hell out of there and, you know, taste what freedom feels like. Mm -hmm. So I told myself it's got to be either business management, uh, MBA, or it has to be um, doctor, or it has to be an engineer, or it has to be computer science. These were my only options that would... Mm which would give me a little bit of ray of hope that, you know, I have a chance to do something for myself and not get married. So um, I wasn't doing very well at school. Um, my grades were not so good that, you know, um, I was able to come to the US because of the entrance exams or what have you. So I chose Europe, London, because I knew it was easier for me to get there. Um, between MBA and MIS, I just did, um, you know, inky pinky pongy and picked a subject and I said, okay, mom, I'm going to do master's in information systems and um, I would really like for you to send me to London. Hmm. And my mom and my dad, they both threw a fit. They're like, no way, you have got to get married, you can't go to London, there is no way a girl is going to be by herself. Um, that's not going to happen. It took a lot of convincing, a lot of fights, arguments, not eating food. And then we ultimately, I was able to convince them to send me to London to do something I did not want to do. But mm -hmm. at least that would allow me to um, see what it is like to be on my, uh, by myself. I didn't know how to write a check. I didn't know what a bank looked like. I was so sheltered in India. Um, going to London was just um, a whole new experience for me. Scary experience, but a whole new experience. So that is how I got there <laughs> and did wow. my uh, information systems. Wow. There's so much in your backstory about what <laughs> yes. you say, you know, and I have grown in that culture too, maybe, maybe not as um, orthodox or as patriarchal as yours but I want to say that that's exactly how women from India or Asian women yes. <laughs> um, have been raised in in general and it it kind of I want to ask you this question and for any audience that who's listening is that you know it might be a news for them to know that you know that it's we get married so young and you know I also got married very young. I was 21, not 16, but yes, my mom was 18 when she got married. And um, yeah, she had kids when she was 19, like her firstborn was 19. So I want you to tell a little bit to our audience about that. When you are grown in a system with so many taboos and cliches, like who can imagine that you wanting to study art will turn in you know might turn you into a lesbian like there are so many taboos and mm -hmm. cultural um norms and you know boxes in which they make us fit so how did you find yourself to break out of those molds when you moved from like when you actually was able to live in london and explore that life for yourself so how did you actually find yourself out of those boxes and those those molds or those tags of who you are supposed to do mm -hmm. versus now you are defining who you are probably meant to be oh gosh that's a ongoing journey honestly for me um but moving to london i remember the first six months i doubted myself i told myself you are so stupid who asked you to take this plunge and you know come and live here on your own it's ridiculous i remember i used to live in a studio apartment and at night time there used to be people partying outside on my street and there used to be loud noises coming from the street and i used to be so scared so scared because i've never lived by myself i lived in a family of 22 people right the 
the the way things were so quiet when you're living on your own especially in the west right it feels very quiet here mm-hmm. that was a bit too quiet for me and i remember i used to just like you know uh bundle myself in a little ball on my bed and just be so scared the whole time i remember being so scared to walk into a bank to open a bank account because i didn't know first i couldn't speak proper english um i couldn't understand the accent um i didn't know how to even start a conversation and tell that person hey i'm here to open a bank account i didn't know how to even do that but i was when i went there and i went through that experience of doing it it wasn't pleasant while i'm in it but once my account was open i stepped out i remember i came out of my bank and i told myself whoa i did it even mm-hmm. though i couldn't communicate very well even though i couldn't understand the accent very well but we i still managed it and now i have a bank account how great is that mm-hmm. right So there was there were like small small moments that made me feel that um you know that I can do these things. It was hard for me to I didn't want to keep asking for money from my dad. Um I did not know what it is to uh earn money because that you know the mental conditioning is such that women are not meant to earn money. Uh men are supposed to bring that in the house. which i really um i feel like you know i sometimes still even now struggle with that conditioning mm-hmm. to break free from um but to be able to go to college and be able to work and be able to pay my rent and my food my dad used to pay for my tuition but at least i was able to take care of my living expenses for the first time ever in my life um was um a big challenge it was really difficult there used to be so many nights when um i used to lack in a lot of you know self esteem issues confidence mm-hmm. and um thinking to myself that you know i think i just need to wrap everything and go back cuz i would miss being in that protected environment mm-hmm. cuz you're so used to that right um but then you're stopping yourself because now you know that hey i've taken this plunge i better finish it right. um so i did not understand a single thing in my college because that subject was just not for me i used to go there physically but didn't understand anything what was going on but i enjoyed the freedom that i experienced and um it was just it was just too sweet to let go of you know no matter yeah. what challenges it threw at me yes but i just want to point out like one thing that you mentioned about having that constant fear within yeah. you when you are even actually you got the freedom the minute you stepped in london you were all by yourself but yeah. it takes time before you give yourself that permission to feel free yeah and especially because of how we have been conditioned and raised it was the same for me when i for the first time went with my husband to london it was so surprising our stories <laughs> are so similar that we went to london for his first onsite training and that was the first time i ever stepped out of my my hometown i had never been anywhere else not allowed to go out and study though my brother was in merchant navy but i wasn't allowed to step out or do anything so that protectiveness and when i'm here and i'm with my husband I'm wondering as to what do I do? Who am I now? And my husband has a job that he goes to. I'm sitting at home wondering, okay, yeah, I studied apparel design, fashion apparel design, but what do I do? Everyone kept telling me my certifications, my course will uh, not be valid in the in in United Kingdoms because they wanted me to have a European or you know a certificate from London. So. and and i was like but why am i worrying about being someone through a career when i can actually just taste the freedom of being free first i've never yeah. even experienced that so like you said like you know those small wins of opening a bank account yeah. for the first time when you would have stepped out and you know done things for yourself is yeah. is when you actually realize how much you have been 
what all you have been deprived of yes. and that and that fear that that pit you know that that pit in your stomach where you keep feeling like oh my god my life is going to come crashing down and i'm going to fail at this again is what i felt like for the longest time i lived with so i want to ask you is that you know f- from that when you when you you know slowly started enjoying your time in london and then you moved from london you came back to mumbai after that no um i got married after my masters and my husband was studying in north carolina at that time so um, did you choose him or was he someone oh your family chose <laughs> that would take another podcast but <laughs> family chose him but then we did fall in love and um um it was a bollywood movie we fell in love then families met each other they hated each other they didn't want us to get married and then well we anyways we did get married then um he got a job in new york after um he finished his mba from north carolina and got married and then moved to new york at that time which was another embarrassing thing for me because um when we were dating each other um he knew that i've done masters in information systems and you know i told him yeah of course i'll come to new york and i'll find myself a job um i came here and i'm still not very confident because hey i did masters in a subject that i didn't understand a single thing about right mm-hmm. coming here i did go for a few interviews but i knew that there is nothing i had to contribute i could not even understand what they would expect me to do because that was just not my um subject and i remember at that time it was really embarrassing for me to come forward and tell my um husband that hey i did it but i'm sorry it's just not for me i can't do this right um that acceptance took a long time um because your ego somehow gets in the way because hey you know okay you married me thinking i am i've ha- i have this masters degree but i'm i can't get a job because i don't understand anything from this subject right um but i did swallow my pride and i came clean came out clean in front of him and i told him exactly why i chose that subject and he was very supportive and he said fine um now that we are here and you're not able to uh you don't want to lead a life trying to uh do a job that you don't enjoy doing um what would you like to do and i remember this was the time when he asked me what would i like to do i i did not have an answer for him because by that time i forgot what i really wanted because i was so busy just trying to run away be free from the restrictions from the expectations of a female in my society that i never focused on what i truly wanted or even who i who i am right um so i kept thinking and i told myself okay i know i need to be in a creative line but what would what would i want to do right and i i was debating should i get into arts or should i get into interior designing and when i was looking i realized that if you if i were to do arts i had to spend 4 years doing it hmm. so i told myself okay fine i'm going to get into interior designing and see how i feel about it i applied to parsons and i got in i was very excited um did the course the way they taught in parsons was so different from the way we learned mm-hmm. in um, <clears throat> in india so it was really really difficult for me to not have a set textbook and um understand what the expectations are from a project so that was a big learning curve again to op- it, it forced me to open my mind to um not sort of you know follow a textbook to understand the content but to see what is available out there and understanding the basics or the 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 roots of any subject right mm. so the first year i struggled i really struggled the second year became easier because i understood what's expected from me and how i'm supposed to study 
I did well. I enjoyed it. But I would crave to do art classes, even in interior mm. designing. But then that wasn't offered. I was never formally trained in art ever in my life. Um, but I enjoyed doing interior design. And I told myself, okay, I'm set. This is it for me. I know that Arthi Agarwal is an interior designer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then um, even before I graduated from Parsons, I had a job. And I was very excited about it. Mm-hmm. So as soon as my school ended, I started working with this uh, local decorator in New York City and I really had a great time working with him. But I have got to tell you, even then, I realized one constant up till that point in my life was my lack of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Growing up, um, we are four siblings and I'm number three, always ignored. Not that, you know, I don't blame my parents for it because it was a big household and my mom was very busy taking care of everybody. But I had self-esteem issues then. I went to uh, London to discover who I am. I I did discover parts of me, but not fully. Um, When I got married and came here and I did interior design, I told myself, this is it. Now I know exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. But when I started... Uh, working with this decorator I used to present myself as a very confident person but internally I was still struggling because I was looking at um, you know you you have to come up with ideas and I would see what others are coming up with and what I'm coming up with and I'm constantly comparing myself I'm like oh my god I'm not good at this I suck at this right Mm. Um, but again we are always so critical and hard upon ourselves um, I continued doing my work and, you know, eventually I started feeling better and better and better. Um, but in the middle of it, maybe I think after a year or two, I got pregnant. And when I had my kids, um, I don't know what happened to me. I became my mom. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, um, now that I have children, I'm a mom. My mother was always there for me. I can't be working. I just need to take care of my kids. I am not going to ignore them. And these are all happening very unconsciously. I'm a lot more aware right now. But at that time, all of my decisions are very unconscious, right? And um, I told my husband that, all right, um, if I'm pregnant now, I will freelance sitting at home but I don't want to take the time away from the kids because I really want to be there for them forever, (laughs) at least until they graduate, right? Um, So I started freelancing for the same decorator. I was really getting bored at home. Um, Motherhood was a whole new story. It was scary. It was really, really difficult to understand what's the right thing to do and what's not the right thing to do. Mm. And I was busy, very busy at that time Um, trying to um, be a mom how do I say this (laughs) I was trying to make sure I don't make the same mistakes that I thought at that time my immature self same mistakes that I thought my mom did raising me so I was very busy trying to be that Again, I think now when I look back at it, I'm just trying to figure out who I am, right? And I remember as my kids were toddlers, I was telling myself that, you know, here I am who has no idea who I truly am because I I think I went through major identity crisis as a mother because my world was completely shaken with uh, the amount of overwhelming work and um, stress that motherhood brings with it right um so i'm taking doing that my kids are 15 months apart so i literally it was like raising twins it was difficult um i did not want to stop working because i was always afraid of being um stuck in the house not that it's a bad thing um but that is my unaware unconscious self at that time um so i told myself you know what let me just paint a nice mural in my kids' room. And um, while the kids, my babies would nap, I would, I 
picked up my paintbrush and I start I painted like a forest mural on their wall. It turned out really beautiful. Um, so when kids would have a play date, the parents would see it and they would, you know, I started getting uh, jobs from that because they would want me to come and put it for their kids in their rooms, right? So um, we hired a nanny in the house and it just organically, I did not even think it's ever gonna happen, but it just led me to become a mural artist, right? And I still remember, even when I'm painting these murals, I'm telling myself, how can you be good at this? You don't have a formal training. You didn't go to any art school. What are you claiming to people that you're a mural artist when uh, you don't have any certificate to show to them that I'm an artist, right? But of course, these are all thoughts in my head. And I'm continuing to do my work and it's all like really well appreciated because um, they, they did like my work. So I told myself, okay, it's not bad. Um, one thing I know is that I am naturally good at art, right? And yet I'm not feeling confident about it because I don't have a formal training. <laughs> and um, that is when we moved to uh, Mumbai for my husband's work. So I just want to thank you because I know my audience who's listening and I feel that you're such a reflection or just a, another version of me and my story. <laughs> and I think you and me know that. But like for general, the audience who is listening, I want to ask this question of how many of us are constantly searching for our identity and for our worth actually in uh, in every role in every thing that we do in life mm -hmm. and so even when we become moms we become like you you were working with a, with a with a designer in new york and for someone that might be their dream come true but for someone who is suffering from low self esteem or suffers from self sabotage this is almost like you you are living someone else's life and dream but you don't know how to value yourself through it and and that's where i know that there are so many women out there who might be having the best corporate job in their life right now but still continue to feel empty when their head hits the pillow mm -hmm. they might be living in one of the most beautiful houses out there but still when they are alone by themselves they don't know who they are yeah. they don't know how to be with themselves because they have always kind of tried to undo those conditionings that they were trying that they were you know raised with or they took on early on in their life in every phase of their life in every relationship of mm -hmm. their life and it's so sad, but it is the reality of how most of us are living. Yeah, and for me, it was also the guilt that played a major role that my father, um, even though there was financial uh, crisis going on when I went to London, spent all that money on my college tuition and I didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then coming back, coming to New York, the second guilt that took me over was, you know, um, I've taken my husband's money yeah. to go back to school and um, I did work for a couple of years but now I'm a mom and now you know I'm at home so even though I'm doing 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 the mural work even though I'm making the money but the guilt takes took over me um, saying that you know I'm taking all this money from um, my husband from my dad and I'm not a full-time worker. Mm -hmm. So these are all the mental conditionings that I'm talking yeah. about. Because, you know, if you're working, you have to, again, the awareness is in me right now. Mm. It wasn't there at that time. I feel guilt is always there to make you feel less than who you are. Mm -hmm. And that emotion completely took over me at that time. Yeah, and it's not just guilt. It's about how we get so enveloped in that guilt, that shame, uh, that self-judgment yeah. that we forget to value 
our true essence and our yeah. true sense of being yeah. and that's what I feel like most of us are almost trying to live an identity that we perceive that someone else wants us to be yeah because of which we get distant from who we truly are at the core of our Absolutely. being and especially as Southeast Asian women I feel that that we are raised with that with that you know that knowledge with that conditioning that we kind of find it very hard to define who we are and mm -hmm. so for me I would say I became a serial entrepreneur because when I would see I went to the similar identity crisis when my kid was born and I would see them play and I would be like wow they are having so much fun yeah where's my fun like I really where's this place for me where I can have fun and for yeah. me becoming I thought that I wanted to get a job in fashion design but when I couldn't do that becoming an entrepreneur was giving myself the permission every moment to um, to be who I wanted to be and even though I didn't understand it I went from from you know from catering to um, to you know wanting to launch my own food sauces and all these different different things that mm -hmm. I tried I think what I now realize when I come come to my final destination of who I want to be like my final path that I will walk forever I now realize that all of that was just me trying different garments different roles mm -hmm. of who I wanted to be because I never got that permission or I never got that liberty that freedom to be who I wanted to be and now when I when I actually have found for like something that I will do for the rest of my life even if I'm dying like to the last day of my life I keep telling my husband I can see myself doing the work I do now mm. and and then I've, I've had to face challenges of Atu and I want to ask you this is that when you started to receiving money for uh, you know compensation for what you the mural work or any other work that you were doing you still didn't feel enough or worthy enough to receive that it never felt enough because you were like oh here I am I I went to London did that I didn't do in that I went to um, you know I went um, I did interior design and now I'm not doing that and I'm finally following art which is what you always wanted to do mm -hmm. as a child you had that clear clarity you told your mom you wanted to do that but you were not allowed to do that because because somebody said you might turn into a lesbian today you and me can laugh over it but imagine that little girl's dreams were crushed she wasn't given the permission to be who she wanted to be and that's where I feel our intuition, our sixth sense, our knowing is always within us but because in the society doesn't allow us to be that, we shut that down and then we don't realize that when we shut that door down, we have shut so many other doors yes. of our life down. So today when you are receiving mm -hmm. money, success for what you do you still kind of are questioning is it is it really good i think for me the clarity that i have recently in the last five years that i have received one thing was very clear to me is that confidence and self-esteem has nothing to do with how much money you're making it has nothing to do with your success i what i think self-esteem and confidence has to do with is we constantly being stuck in our past mm -hmm. and the way I was able to get over it was by first of all picking up the courage to see parts of me that needed healing um, from my past experiences I did not realize how much I was holding on to those experiences in a way that I wasn't forgiving the people involved in that. And the reason that was important for me to do was because in the process of understanding, um, in the process of um, acknowledging what I went through and my experiences that created a negative experience for me. Um, and forgiving the people involved in it, the main thing that I, 
which was like an epiphany for me was that yes i'm mad at those people whoever was there to create certain negative experiences for me but i was more mad at myself because i realized that there were parts where yes i'm mad at my mom that she wasn't the right role model female role model for me uh, because she was not confident she got married when she was 16 and she was completely dependent on my dad but in that process i was more mad at myself for not making my mom's life any easier mm-hmm. by always rebelling by always questioning her by always um making her more upset so i wasn't making her life any easy right so mm-hmm. i realized that wow i'm mad at myself and it took me a really long time to forgive that part of me mm-hmm. and when i what happened to me was when i went through that forgiveness not just for and i'm giving my mom's example but there were so many other people in my life who i had to forgive mm-hmm. um and when i forgave myself what happened was i truly fully accepted myself a 100% when i accepted myself a 100% i realized that i my spirit was uh physically embraced in my body then because mm-hmm. i am now fully accepting myself with my shadows and um the parts of me that i like right because that is what makes me who i am and from within when i was okay with who i am my confidence it just automatically just came in it didn't mm-hmm. matter after that what anyone else thinks about me that was for me that was the most important step is to stop living in your past because our past experiences is what makes us wise and start focusing on our future and mm-hmm. right now i'm a level 2 qhht practitioner but i know i have allowed myself to be whoever i want to be 5 years from now maybe i won't be a practitioner mm-hmm. maybe i'll be someone else but that is where i'm going to allow myself or my consciousness to be whoever it chooses to be at whatever time being in london doing masters in information systems okay that was means to my end because i wanted to experience freedom mm-hmm. and masters in mis mis masters in information system gave me that mm-hmm. that was my means to experience freedom mm-hmm. going to design school was my means to experience what it feels to be a creative person because mm-hmm. i had never explored that part of me and it right. gave me that part right? right this clarity came to me only and only after i dared to look at the things that um the anger that i'm holding on to from my past right that was my first step and i think that is so important for everybody to look at yeah and it's so beautifully you have pointed that in order for us to grow both spiritually or as an individual through your self esteem and self confidence you would have to surrender to your past and some people who live in the anxiety of the future you will also have to surrender to the outcome of how you want your life to yes. become or be right mm-hmm. because it's all about enjoying the now it's all Absolutely. about you know enjoying the process that life has taken you through okay. and it takes a lot of work i'm sure you would have to had had to do a lot of yes. self healing introspection mm-hmm. and work in terms of when you would have to had you know overcome and realize all these truths about yourself mm-hmm. so tell me arti was it uh, was it qhht that helped you really heal and transform your life because of which now you practice that and do that on people um part of it yes um but when how we- did how did your healing journey like why did you think about healing yourself like how many people think about oh today i'm going to start my life by committing <laughs> to healing myself gosh right? i never thought i would yeah um, i never thought i needed it yeah. truly i didn't think i needed it um so just going back a little when we moved to mumbai um i continued with my mural work and then after 2 to 2 and a half years my husband was asked to come back to new york which we did um and i continued with my artwork and then after 2 years after moving back i know it's confusing 
uh, he got another job offered to move to Hong Kong. So when we moved to Hong Kong, that's when my life changed. And um, I don't know what it was, but I was suddenly exposed into this world of unknown. It was almost like my veil was lifted. I wasn't ready for it. Um, I started um, sensing, seeing um, spirits and I didn't fully, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I didn't believe in them in the first place. Um, I went through several sort of medical tests and exams to make sure that I'm not hallucinating. I don't have any vitamin deficiencies. For a whole year, I played cat in the sense that I would close my eyes and pretend that I'm not seeing things. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, they weren't going anywhere. They were still there. Um, to cut the story short, when I accepted that this is now a part of me, that was the time in that first year uh, when we moved to Hong Kong that I realized that there is a battle going on. And there was a part of me that was very scared and then I was sensing that there is this other part of me which is very calm and still and which is very quietly encouraging me and nudging me to see what that is, experience it and then make your choice. But this other part of me, which is so fearful and afraid of judgment, of, you know, people are going to think I've lost my mind. What is my husband going to think? What am I, uh, what am I, how is it going to affect my children? Um, and then my parents and my other, my in-laws and other sisters, you know, people who are uh, close to me, they were all projecting their fear as well that, you know, you don't want to get into that. And that fearful side of me was completely resonating with what they were saying. And I remember I used to constantly ask myself, who am I? Am I this person who's so scared? Or am I this person who is so confident and calm in this situation? Um, am I two people? Do I have a bipolar disorder? Or is it that all of us have two aspects of us within us, right? And in that battle, I told myself, I'm gonna go with the more confident one and leave the fearful one on the side to see what happens, whether fear will win or my confidence will win. Um, I remember I had this talk with my husband, we were visiting US um, and we were, we were flying back to Hong Kong and I said to him that I'm gonna explore this and see where it takes me. I don't know what's gonna to happen to my designing, my mural work, but um, this is something that is glaring at me right now and I'm gonna see where it takes me. And he was again very supportive and he said, do what you have to do. And to get a little bit of clarity, I started seeing a, a spiritual counselor. Um, so he himself, um, Phil Davis was his name, he himself was very um, clairvoyant. He, he could sense, uh, see spirits. He was a very, I think he's an enlightened being. So I started seeing him once every week. And in that process of understanding why am I suddenly seeing spirits, why, you know, why is this happening to me, understanding the spirit side, you know, that dimension, what it means and what, what are they doing there. So once I have had a little bit of that clarity, I don't know what happened in one of our sessions. It came, I started talking about my past. And when I started talking about my past, there were a lot of tears coming out. And I realized that I was carrying a lot of shame and anger and frustration from my past, which was not serving me at this point because all of my reactions, all of my, um, um, everything that I was doing was based off of that. And mm. that was like, what the heck? You know, that should not be happening just because you know, I haven't paid attention to this, these emotions that I'm holding on within me uh, are affecting all my uh, future decisions. So it's time to let go of that. So he helped me with a technique called emotional freedom technique. It's called mm -hmm. EFT. EFT. 
we went through that uh, we did several sessions um, in EFT and that really really helped me let go of a lot of things mm -hmm. and uh, during this process um, I don't know I don't know how but I just came across Dolores Cannon and she is the founder of QHHD quantum healing hypnosis technique and uh, it just organically, just the events turned out to be in such a way that I found a practitioner in Hong Kong and I told myself, perfect time to go because I need to know why I'm going through this right now, you know, at this age, right? This is like after 35. Um, so when I went for my QHHD session, things were just crystal clear for me because during my session, um, I did not see a past life. Um, what I did see was my angels and there was a lot of uh, conversations that happened between me and my angels that I saw in my session. And um, one of my main questions was my life's purpose and why is it that I'm exposed to the spirit world at this time? Because my conditioning was that you're born with Mm. right you it's you it's not supposed to happen to you when you're 30 above right mm. um, but I was told in that that um, my life's purpose is to help in the collective awakening of humanity and I can do that by showing the people who are connected to me the power that they have within them and I don't know how I was gonna do that but I was shocked because I had said to myself that I'm going to become a QHHD practitioner and I remember smirking in my head that yeah right you know I'm a designer there is no way I'm changing career again for the third time in my life right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah that's how that's how I got my clarity wow that's amazing I want to ask just one question for our audience who is listening is that I'm sitting next to Aarti right now. This is one of the few interviews in quarantine that I get to sit next to my guest <laughs> because she's a very close friend of mine. I've kept meeting her throughout this. But what I want to ask you is that Aarti, when you, um, you know, there could be someone who's listening to this podcast and they are probably sensing something like this within mm -hmm. them. You had the courage to trust and say, okay, whatever this is showing up for me, I'm going to follow it. There are a lot of people in day-to-day um, in -day life who might, might sense something like, yeah, I, this is probably my power. This is what I'm here meant to do. But we shut that voice down and we mm -hmm. don't, for you, it was seeing spirits, which might have been so much more scarier than our little voices that we hear. Maybe just go study this this field or go explore uh, art or something else, you know, like something as small as a voice. How do you, what advice do you give to those people to follow what they are listening or feeling in this moment right now? I think I would say... Um no matter what the world or your near and dear ones think about what you're going through, because remember, everybody is reacting from their perspective and their personal insecurities. Mm -hmm. Everybody's uh, reactions come from that. Um, they all mean well, they all want you to be safe, but they don't know what your spirit is asking you to do. Mm -hmm. because there is no way they can know that. They all each have their own individual spirits and they need to listen to their own spirit. Pick what resonates with you and leave what does not. I had very strong um, opposition from everybody, everybody, right? My mom, my dad, my uh, siblings. Um, I had my sibling support, but other uh, uh, cousins who I'm very close to, friends, no one wanted me to get into this, nobody, because they were all afraid of, um, you know, the things that might, the negative impact that it can have on my life. But I have got to tell you, it's been five years. In these five years, I, my self-esteem is 
way better than it used to be. I'm a lot more confident person. I'm a lot more centered. I'm a lot more open-minded because um, I don't keep myself in a box. I'm open to anything and everything that life has to throw at me. Um, I have learned to live in the present. If it was not, if I did not choose this experience for myself, going against every voice that I was hearing, I would not be here. So the reason you're hearing this calling from within you is probably because that is the path that you're meant to take. And only you can know that, no one else can know that. Right, thank you. I think that is everything. Yeah. I also want you to, before we go, tell our audience about quantum healing, yeah. hypnosis technique, and how you do it, where you do it, and how uh, I have done it. So there is an, there is an interview of Aarti uh, interviewing me about my experience. Yeah. I will add a link to that in the show notes of this podcast so you can watch it and know that it is nothing scary. Anyone yeah. can do it. But I would love Aarti to tell a little bit about why does somebody need to do it and um, how can they reach out to you? Okay, so what quantum healing hypnosis technique does is... Uh, it brings a lot of clarity into any person's life. What happens is we all have relationship problems. We have questions relating to our career. Sometimes we are stuck in a job. We are not enjoying it, but we are doing it for the sake of bringing the money in the house. Um, and sometimes the job makes us very unhappy, but we are just not able to leave that. Um, people have medical issues. They have diabetes or you know uh, aches and pains and whatnot. So. The clients bring a set of questions um, to see if they can get healing and clarity based on you know these three major uh, categories. And what happens is we all have a, a higher soul or super soul or higher self, right? So this higher consciousness uh, knows everything about us. It knows why we chose to become who we are in this life. And um, Sometimes what happens is when we go through a trauma in any of our lives that we have lived, um, our soul somehow carries that resonance with it. And, you know, certain un unexplained fears, right? I'm, I'm afraid to fly. You know, I can't sit in a plane. I don't know why, but I can't. People have fear of water and they can't explain why they have that fear of water. They never had an experience of drowning ever, right? So cases like these, uh, you probably had an experience in your past life that your soul remembers and you're afraid to get into it. So what happens is when you come in, it's a hypnosis. So your higher consciousness and the entire session really is um, managed by the client's higher consciousness. I'm just a facilitator, but their consciousness is... Uh, it's sitting on the in front of the steering wheel and um, taking charge of it. So they'll show you a past life that gives you clarity on the questions that you bring in. And um, once you see the past life, then through quantum healing, we are able to bring in your consciousness forward. And you are answering your own questions, but from that deep state of consciousness. And the answers that come <clears throat> from within you are a lot more deeper and um, they're unlike your personality. Although you would, when you're saying those, giving those answers, like, I know this because I keep hearing this voice from within me, right. but that is the voice which is now uh, really coming out and telling you that I've been telling you to do this. This is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if it's appropriate, the client also goes through physical healing right there on the, um, on the bed while they're under hypnosis. So it's a, it's a fabulous way to gain some clarity into your issues. Yeah, and one of the myths that I would like to debug here is because when, I, when my interview was put out about me going under the hypnosis, a lot of my uh, you know, friends and 
relatives were like, oh, how did you do that? Because hypnosis is something, you know, like you, they believe in like the olden times, they move a clock or a pendulum in front of yeah. you and then they make you do whatever you, they want you to do. So because now that you know uh, Arti as a practitioner herself, you know her backstory and you know the purpose and the reason why she does what she does, it is a very, I would rather say a more holistic and a very grounding experience yeah. to have. For some people who are very aware and awakened, probably would be the right word in their life. Yeah. It might not be that that much of a you know deal breaker for them to have this or not. And it can be based on what what um, parts of life you are stuck at and where you hold your fear. Right? It could be as well, but. For someone who is wondering what, it, where do I go in life from here, or you are skeptical, I want to tell you it's one of the most safest experience solely because of Arti as a practitioner who facilitates it, or I'm sure anyone who facilitates it, yeah. it makes they are kind of like holding that space for you, holding that cradle for you to have access to your highest wisdom, which you generally don't have because there are so many other voices in our head mm -hmm. that we confuse that real voice with. You yeah. know, there are so and many even other... the awakened people many times, we go through our own issues, you know. Um, awakened people have uh, physical issues as well. They Awakened peoples are also empaths and yeah. they do get affected. They're sensitive people. And I, I, I feel like anyone who's looking for clarity, this really is a laser treatment for yourself. Um, right. It is that powerful. And the ones who don't believe in past life, um, you don't have to believe in a past life. You know, you think of it like you're watching a movie, you're watching a story. And if it's going to help you in any way, even if that help is say, if it makes your life even 25% better, to me, it just makes it uh, uh, well worth it. So um, I would really highly recommend anyone to get a QHHD session done by any any practitioner who's out there, not just right. me, but you know, there's, there are a lot of QHHD practitioners in the areas that, that you might be living in and you can sure. go and experience this. And also I would say, for me, it wasn't an experience where I just visited my past life. I got so much insight into my future. Yes, you did. And and it, yes. it, it's, it all depends on the questions you ask. Yes. Right? And so, please, yeah. like, if you are someone <laughs> who's looking to explore this, I would definitely say go ahead. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, thank you so much, Arti. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you feel I didn't ask you that you would love to share with our audience? Um, no, just, you know, I would, again, just reiterate myself to just pick up the courage and just peek into your past. And by peeking, I'm not suggesting that you uh, linger in your past because that is the that is the one hindrance that stops it from stops us from moving forward. What I would recommend is to face the anger that you're holding on to from your past. We all do at some point, mm -hmm. and when you do that, um, just see if you can forgive the people that are involved in that um, experience, and then the role that you played in their life, and if you need that forgiveness. And the moment you do that, you'll see how um, you will be able to release that um, unwanted baggage that you've been carrying on your shoulders for all this time. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to feel very light. Thank you. And I have added this news. So I always ask like a rapid fire, some words, and you can say the first word or a few words that come with it when you hear this word for the first time okay? okay so it's going to be impromptu like you just say what is the first thing that comes to your mind okay um, <laughs> when I say love unconditional spirits vast limitless money anyone can have it education 
important. Kids. Oh gosh. Um, kids, they're, can I say it in a yeah, sentence? Yeah. <laughs> they're the mirrors who force us to look into um, parts of us that needs healing. I love that. Family. Everything. Magic. Life. Mm. Art. Creativity. Design. Design. <laughs> um, I want to say um, anyone can design whatever they want in their life. There is mm. no such pattern to it. Right. Um, compassion. Heart. Mm. Guilt. Makes you feel less than who you are. Mm. Forgiveness. Mandatory, I think. And yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I did well. Was that hard? <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> Thank you, Arti. It's been such a pleasure this to have so you fun. here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to take a moment to appreciate the time, energy and effort that you have put into growing and becoming the best version of you. I am deeply grateful and forever indebted to serve you with the best of my abilities. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review here. It will really help me and help those around you if you share this podcast with others. If in any way this podcast has inspired you, I hope and wish that you will share this with your friends and families all across social media. I would love to leave you with one last quote that is my favorite and that is from the Bhagavad Gita and it says that you come here empty-handed and you will leave empty-handed. What is yours today belong to someone else yesterday and will belong to someone else tomorrow. We are all here to pay it forward.